and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. Oh, I like the inflection. Yeah. I'm Jake. <laughs> I'm Jeff. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's a sick inflection. I'm trying to do like that cheesy radio, like, like oh, early morning. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Say What You Mean. <laughs> What's that on Parks and Rec, that uh, the radio show that Gosh, uh, Leslie Nope always goes on, like the really, the really soft-spoken guy who's filling in for... I, I don't know. Anyway, if you've seen Parks and Rec, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, there's this running joke. Um, CJ does that. Oh, really? <laughs> He's gonna kill me. Um, no, but he he was you know he does communications mm-hmm. and he was doing he was hosting a podcast for work and stuff and he gets very NPR. Hi, this is CJ and today's guest. <laughs> <laughs> and you know he's gonna be listening. We're gonna get a message. I know. In the, gr- in the group chat, dude. The best thing was when I was saying there was no family. And and then at the halfway through the episode, I realized that Clay and Taryn and CJ had been on, and mm-hmm. CJ was like, uh, "I'm me and um, Clay and Taryn are going to start our own podcast just to <laughs> shit on you." And I was like, "Fair enough, fair uh, enough." Yeah, that was funny. Um, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I yeah yeah I can tell. It's just yeah I it's just the election's got me down, bro. Whoa. What? I'm just like you seem so hopeful. No, well I am like because I'm tr- because outwardly I'm like trust the numbers, but like I just have this sick feeling, man. Like he's gonna try to drop some bullshit in the last couple weeks. Oh, try? Yeah, and then I then I'm nervous about how that's gonna be re- like how that's gonna be recepted. Right. Because the Comey, the way that it worked so well for him when yeah. James Comey, who like wasn't in cahoots with Trump said you know a couple of days before the election that he was going to um you know reopen the investigation into hillary clinton's emails yeah only to then a couple of days later say right. that there was nothing but by that time the damage had been done right um and he's got his henchmen and at the head of these different agencies and who know i mean pompeo already just said last night that he's going to um unclassify more you know more emails um Mm -hmm. on because of trump's request which the thing is like the senate the senate judiciary the senate intelligence community committee has had access to all of this stuff the the Biden, this supposed biden hunter biden laptop Mm -hmm. that uh ties biden to burisma which is it's all bs because the pdfs that rudy giuliani submitted to uh the the new york post the metadata shows that those those emails were written in 2019, not 2015, when this supposed meeting between Burisma's executive and, and <laughs> Joe Biden ha- happened. But that, that, right, that doesn't matter because the average the average it person reads headlines. So like, it's just like all of this is BS. He's just going. He's just slinging shit against the wall and hoping it sticks. Yeah. But I'm nervous that it will. <laughs> but yeah, but then. the thing is, is like. I had to come remember keep keep reminding myself that 2016 is diff, is this is different than 2016. Right. Hillary Clinton was an unlikable character, so anytime something like that would come out, it was within the realm of possibility that this was true, or at least people were believing that it would be right. true because she was unpopular in the minds of most people. Joe Biden isn't Hillary Clinton, right? And it's unfortunate that Hillary Clinton had to go through all that because I think Hillary Clinton was a fine candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. It's I'm just ner- I'm just nervous, man, because there's just still so much time. You're killing our audience right now because one of the notes that I have is uh, 
I'll get to that in a second, actually. Um, one, one thing that I think about when you say all that is at least people are voting early. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's that little thing to consider. You know, if people vote early, you can't vote again. So mm-hmm. your decision's already made. And I think that a lot of people feel that way. But who hasn't voted? And is something in the, is someone going to read something about Biden and go, "Ooh, that's shady," even if it's not true, and just go, "I'm just going to vote for the incumbent." I don't know. He's the incumbent is so unlikable. He's a loser, dude. The Lincoln Project. I don't know if this is true, but they they were posting that the other day that he is like doing record like worse with seniors. Mm-hmm. Trump is. Yeah. And did you see that meme he posted the other day? The, the that Trump posted? Yeah. No. It says so it says uh Biden for president and the P is crossed out. So it says Biden for resident and then he, above it is all these it's like a, a picture of a senior home mm-hmm. and all these old people and Biden is photoshopped in there with them. <laughs> that's a way to that's a way to win over the old vote. That's what the link. That's what the Lincoln Project was like, dude. You're doing historically worse with these people, and you're mocking them. And that was the group that that broke so heavily towards Trump in 2016 that yeah. allowed him to win. So him trying to marginalize the older vote that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense because the older vote is the most reliable voting block in the nation. Yeah. Trying yeah. to win over the younger vote. I mean, those people could all have all the plans in the world to vote, and then some bonfire party <laughs> is going to break on Monday night, and then they get hammered, and then forget to vote Tuesday. Like right. it's it. The, I don't. I'm I'm hopeful because the states that matter yeah. are not being in not being afflicted by these suppressed voter suppression tactics that we see in in Texas and Georgia uh, and South Carolina. Um, even though those states are up for grabs, surprisingly, uh, it doesn't appear to be that the states that we like Biden needs to hold um, are going to be affected by the president's tactics. Yeah. Um, turnout in Wisconsin is is already high for early voting. Um, same with like in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, you've got he's leading by seven to to twelve points across the Rust Belt. Other than Ohio, mm-hmm. um, he's. In, I mean, it's a fifty-fifty toss-up. Flip a coin for Ohio. Um, I mean, the, those twenty electoral points would be big, but he doesn't need them to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida, he's up by above the margin of error in Florida. He's Who? A, uh, Biden. Oh, he's above the margin of error in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, the map looks significantly different than it did in twenty sixteen, mm-hmm. mostly in the Rust Belt. Looks like Biden has reaffirmed, like reestablished that line mm-hmm. that that Trump was able to break through right. in the Wisconsin's, Minnesota's, Michigan's, Pennsylvania's. It looks like that's resolidified. And if that walls, that blue wall is built back up there, that's a lot of electoral points that Trump has to take at least one of them in order to win. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like he can. Mm. So, yeah, there's always the caveat, though. Whoever you supported is always lost. That's true. There is that. <laughs> and I was reading a, a BBC article yesterday that there's this county, uh, there's this like district in Indiana that has since 1880 has voted 
except for one, I think it's like one or two elections has voted for the winner mm-hmm. and they voted overwhelmingly for Trump already. Like mm. they said, like their ticket is already like solidified. They're all farmers. And I'm like, I don't really, I mean, I don't buy into that crap. Right, like, right. um, there's some guy from Stony Brook university that I heard some trumpet going off about yesterday that was claiming like he has this model that, yes, I you, heard you, about you this. this. This guy has this model that, that, uh, ec- that ad- like expertly predicts every election and they've called every election except for 2000 like except for 2000 mm-hmm. which was a contested election that went to the supreme court right um and then when applied to even earlier elections still predicts the correct outcome but the guy relies on primary data and he was saying like mm. um the reason why he believes that he says his his model shows that trump will a 90 percent chance that trump wins in a landslide not oh. just wins, but wins in a landslide. And he's using primary data, saying that because Trump was winning the Republican primary in 2020 by so by such a big margin, mm-hmm. that that in, that indicates that he'll have a massive turnout in the general. Right. But he was the incumbent. And the Republicans didn't even run anybody against him. Right. There wasn't any other like party endorsed candidate. There wasn't. There was Bill Weld who was running as a Republican, but mm-hmm. he wasn't, he didn't have any party backing. So I mean, I don't how can, know who that is. I, I, I barely know <laughs> who he is either. And it's like, well, like he had 85% turnout in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. If that had, and this is the, this is the guy speaking. I read his Stony Brook, the article right. that Stony Brook put out. And they said like, well, so he was saying, it's like, well, Trump had 85% of the Republican vote in New Hampshire in the primary. If that had dropped down to 55 or 60, it'd be a little bit more worried. It's like, well, you can't, He's the incumbent Republican right. candidate. Right. Of course, Republicans are going to overwhelmingly vote for him in a primary when he's not running against anybody. Right. If he got fifty percent of only, if he only got fifty percent as the incumbent in the primary without a without a legit endorsed challenger, mm-hmm. that would be incredibly. He would lose the elect the general right. election right. at that right. point. It's just, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't buy this. And of course, like it's easy to cherry pick. Yeah. that model and then discount you know every leftist every every trump supporter discounts 538 oh yeah but i don't know i don't know who knows who knows people are fickle Do, 2016 screwed us dude mm-hmm. <laughs> i was listening to 538's podcast and it was titled um how trump can still win the election mm-hmm. which i don't even know why they titled it that because basically um nate silver who's who's created the 538 project and he's he it's his it's his model that he does and all of this and he is so cocky and confident about his numbers it almost turned me off to him because it's like dude how can you be this cocky and confident when you were so wrong in 2016 was he so wrong i mean he gave hillary clinton above a 90 percent chance to win the election oh gosh yeah. I mean, and, and he said, like, well, there was just massive polling error. And he's like, there was massive polling error. Um, there was things that we we corrected for now. Um, yeah. And, told me about and that. he went into it and it was like, you know, discounting the the the, um, the working class votes shift mm-hmm. based on um, in him in this podcast. I listened to he made a good point, though. He said that in 2016 trump was talking about the things that blue collar workers cared about which was deindustrialization and trade and immigration things that threatened their jobs yes now he's now the things that are are on the the general populace's mind is the coronavirus Mm -hmm. to which he's handled poorly and continues to downplay 
um, in, okay. in, in other things like, um, like racial, racist, race issues mm-hmm. that seem to be popular, climate change. Those are the, those are three really big, um, yeah. like macro level things that he's, he's underwater on yeah. and he's not, he's not even, not only is he trying not in healthcare and he's not addressing any of those things. If anything, he's just ignoring them. Right. And so he was pointing, so he's pointing to like, you can't rely, you can't reliably, we're, we're, we're pretty confident that we've identified most Trump supporters. And then the issues that most people would be, that would be swing voters on, he's doing really poorly on, the issues that people would swing either way right, on. So right. he, he says he's that pretty sense. He says he's pretty confident. Right. So that makes me opt- I can't even say I'm optimistic because I just I'm just assuming that everything's going to go wrong. Yeah, for sure. But I'm hopeful that it won't. Like you <laughs> I don't know how like I should be able to trust everything that I'm reading, right? Like right. when you're doing uh, when you're writing a paper or you're like you're doing research and it's you come to a conclusion, and you're really confident about that conclusion because you've done all of this research. I do. I look at the polls like five times a day. Like Dude. I go to all these different websites. I read all these different things, and I still, at the end of the day, I'm like, it's just, I don't trust it. I don't well, know. Well, I, I need to bring up the fact that you're reading local news in Wisconsin. Well, yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> I love it. But I mean, yeah, that's a that's an interesting point there, Jake. We're trained to gather all this research and data based on science and 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 formulaic processes mm-hmm. to make conclusions to support our arguments or to support our conclusion, which you, you these experts are making, which then in your argument you could make, but you're still not confident in that argument. Like, because we don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a silent majority, man. The, the Electoral College is just such a wrench. It's so it makes it so much more unpredictable yeah. because we're, we're I we're, we're relying on people I have never met. Yeah, like I don't like we're relying on North Carolinians or yeah. Pennsylvanians who yeah. I have never met anybody. I've never been to those states. Right to to pick our so I don't know how they feel. Right. I don't even know who they are culturally. They they're so far removed from our little corner here in the Pacific Northwest. Right. So it's just. I have to go off of what other people tell me that those people feel. Oh yeah. And I read this Economist article that's talk that talks about um, I forget what the the term they used, but um, how they define this term that I can't remember mm-hmm. is that when a when a candidate is doing poorly, that candidate's supporters are less likely to pick up the phone and answer polls, like answer polling questions. Uh, so they're being underrepresented. Like so, they're being underrepresented in polls. So the Economist came out with a poll who has a really like quality poll. Mm-hmm. The Economist came out and um, they have a cor- they did a correction, a, an election uh, forecast projection that accounts for a high level of this defined term, and they still show Biden with like an eight to nine point national lead. Okay. So if you were to add. If you were to then compare that to 2016, where Hillary Clinton only won the popular vote by 2%, Mm -hmm. and lost key elections in Florida by 1.2% for Mm -hmm. the vote, lost the election in Wisconsin by 0.7, Michigan by 0.25, and Pennsylvania by Mm 0.7. All of those that Biden is now leading significantly in, according to the polls, 
if you were to say that Hillary Clinton ended up winning the the election by six or even six or seven points, mm-hmm. if you were to average that out across all states in in just the general voter turnout across all states, right. that an extra six to seven percent voted for Hillary Clinton, you would have to say she would eke out wins in those small margins in most of those at least half or three quarters of those states she narrowly lost. Right. So if Biden just does marginally better by mm-hmm, voter turnout, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that should be enough to flip those states back by a small margin. Right. Does that does that make does that make sense? So like voter turnout does is going to matter For significantly sure. on For the sure. national. And the national polls are a good indication of how the state how how the, the electoral college ultimately will go. Right. I don't know. I wonder if this sentiment is like shared anywhere else. Um, and this isn't to discourage anyone from voting because everybody knows that I want everybody to vote 100%. The whole population that can vote should vote. Um, but um, Washington's going to go for Biden. It's going to go blue. Mm-hmm. So what is the point if I vote for Biden or not? Mm. Well, I would say that on the individual level, it probably, I guess, probably not. But if enough people think that way, then, I mean, it, you're not talking about a massive difference in voting population between red and blue in Washington. Right. right. So if you've got massive voter turnout on the, on the Republican side, and then you just like, well, I'm just going to stay home. But then there's thousands, you know, tens of thousands of other people who think the same thing and become complacent. Mm-hmm then you can't be if you think that you're complacent and so then you don't go vote you're not the only person who's feeling that complacency right so then you you average that out over the population you could have you could have a i mean even an unthinkable thing happen nobody thought that michigan could go to donald trump right they didn't and then he did. He won it. He won Michigan by yeah. a slim margin, but he won it and under historically low turnout, especially in Detroit amongst the African-American community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anything can happen right. when you're right. talking about. I mean, I was looking at a Gallup poll yesterday and the difference between registered Republicans and registered Democrats nationally mm-hmm. is one percent. Whoa. There's only 20, there's 29% of the population identifies Republicans, 30% of the people of the, in the nation um, identify as Democrat, and 40% um, identify as independent. Right. It's one of the highest margins in our history. Yeah. That more people by such a wide margin identify as independent than they do as a party. Yeah. But independent, they can still vote. Democrat or Republican. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, are those reliable Democratic voters? Are those people who lean left? Right. Are those people who lean right? I mean, what does it mean to be independent? That's so subjective. It is. So that's my point is yeah, like, that's a good don't point. take for granted that it's blue. It's blue. It's It always goes blue. Why? Because there's more, There's generally, there's a lot of people who show up to vote. Right. But if you don't show up to vote, your state can flip. Don't right. think that any state has has this un, this built-in predetermined uh, mechanisms that that then make it unfair like or skew it towards a democratic candidate there's nothing nefarious going on there mm-hmm. show up to vote and you don't have anything to worry about that's the point I wanted to make because I do think that way I don't think I don't think that that you know what I mean it's just blue that's just the way it is but I do think like 
there might be an attitude of like, well, I mean, it always goes blue, so what does it matter, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a, I don't know, there's a chance it doesn't. <clears throat> but there's so many. I mean, this is a general election. We have a, yeah. in Washington. You, if, you might as well just check a, if you don't really care about who wins president. You might as well still check a box because there's a lot of stuff on the Washington ballot that does more that does more directly affect your life, like a Washington gubernatorial, gubernatorial race. Mm-hmm. Um, the how you know the houses you know you've got your your um your congressional representative up for re-election between Karen Lalong and Jamie Herrera Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got local and state rep you got local and state representatives on the ballot you got initiatives on the ballot i mean biden yeah. biden should be able to um even if if you're you don't care about the national election you know vote vote you the whole down ballot there's still so much left to, to so much left to else to care about and vote for um so still cast your vote either way i don't know i I don't. I. I won't. I don't understand the general malaise about voting, but it it exists, and we've talked about why it exists, mm-hmm. which is one of the major reasons why I would be in favor of change. Maybe not eliminating the electoral college, but changing the way the electoral college awards its points. Right. You know, we have two states that um, Nebraska and Maine that don't that aren't winner take all. Mm-hmm. They have they they allot one point. Um, they have like Nebraska has four electoral points. Mm-hmm. They allot uh, they allot one electoral boy, one electoral vote to the overall state winner, and then they have three congressional districts, and they award a point to the winner of each of those districts. Okay. Mm, um, Maine does the same thing. Mm-hmm. I would be in favor of all st- of all states doing that. Right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. if you if you want to, if you if you if you're like you know, I know Matt um, Rainbow Farts. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And I and I were having that conversation in the group in the gamers group message the other yeah. day that you know if there's so many Republicans in California who feel like their voice isn't heard nationally, right? You know, giving those people a voice maybe that increases voter turnout. I don't right. know. Yeah, I mean that's more representative. I think so. Yeah, yeah. What are you thinking? I don't know. I was feeling great. Now you're scaring me again. <laughs> well, it's just. <laughs> Man, I just as a I'm a Jets fan. Yeah, I'm a Blazers true. fan. True. I'm I, I just am oh I'm eternally optimistic, but I just always have this feeling that everything is going to go wrong. Right, and you've been conditioned that way. <laughs> yes, yes, and I'm just I should trust that these are, these are professional these are professional people. Right, and there are people who like when I predict something mm-hmm. to go one way, mm-hmm. it always goes the opposite. Right. But there are lots of people who, when they predict something, it always goes right. Mm-hmm. And they're predicting that the election is going to go the way that I want it to go. Therefore, I'm like, okay, I trust <laughs> I trust that those people's predictions. Right. Because they have better luck than I do. Yeah. Because I have terrible luck. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I just... I didn't mean to. Sorry to get on this big long. No, rant this is about. what people wanted. I got a request um, the other day that said, "Here, I wrote some notes." It said, "Listeners want to know what you're seeing in your research, and uh, with the caveat that everyone you vote for loses." <laughs> really? Who was that? Uh, Jen. Really? Jen okay. was like, "I really want to know more about like what Jake is seeing in his research, and um, you know, she doesn't know that, and uh, other people don't know." Like, 
you and I have talked more recently through text and with CJ than we than we normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 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 you know it's it's interesting to me that like I said, the fact that you are reading local news in these places. That's why you're so fucking smart. That's not something I would have thought of. Obviously, that makes sense. But you're going to where the voices are of that community and writing about those communities. You're just a better researcher than I am. But I also have a lot more time than you do. True. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's something, you know, people want to hear. People do want to hear this stuff. They want to hear because they're not doing the research. But now this is a place where people do get information. Mm -hmm. You know, as much as it is just a silly little podcast to you and I, there are people that come here to get get that information and to get that kind of um, not what I hope is like not just information that they're just hearing from us and then like, like, oh, I heard this on a podcast, but maybe hopefully going into diving into their own research, looking at 538, maybe, oh, I'm going to check out this newspaper in this area, to, mm-hmm. you know, to get more into what they feel. So I don't know. I think it's good. Don't apologize because okay. this is exactly what people wanted. Cool. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we get into the, the nitty gritty of each of each of these states, but I mean, ultimately there's the key battleground states are going to be, um, Nevada, Nevada, Arizona, just going west to east. You've yeah. Nevada, Arizona, uh, Iowa. You've got then, well, then Florida, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. North Carolina. Okay. Those are those are those are the key battleground states, and Biden is either has a slight lead or a significant lead in all of those except for Iowa. Mm-hmm. With with polls even showing a lead now for him in Georgia. So one thing I want to bring up that you've talked to us about, CJ and I about, is uh, Trump pulling money and funding mm-hmm. fr- from his campaign in the, some of these states. Yeah. Ohio and Wisconsin specifically is what you mentioned. Uh, Wisconsin and Iowa. What did I say? Ohio. Oh, Iowa. Yeah, he pulled from Iowa oh. and he pulled... I thought you said Ohio. Maybe I did by accident. Okay. I meant Iowa. Oh, okay. That's different. Um, uh, He pulled from Iowa and he's pulled from Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And that's significant because I think that pretty much means he knows he can't break into that blue, that blue wall I was talking about on the Mm -hmm. Rust Belt. Mm -hmm. Um, If that's solidified, the election's over. He can still take Iowa and he can, Trump can still take Iowa. Trump can still take Ohio. And Mm -hmm. he's still going to, he could, he could still lose my guess is like so if 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 you give Biden the Rust Belt, Wisconsin, um, Pennsylvania, the the battleground states in the Rust Belt are I should just define what the Rust Belt is. The Rust Belt is the 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 states of uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and if you give so Biden has leads in all of those except for the 50-50 coin toss of Ohio. So say that goes just conversationally speaking, um, Trump uh, Biden holds his double digit leads in each of those of Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, but loses the coin toss in Ohio. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of coal miners in Trump. There's, that's a lot of Trump country. It's more farmland, um, a lot more rural. Ohio just t- t- typically skews more conservative. Ohio, um, Trump won Ohio by eight points in, um, which is a massive, um, I mean, Obama won Ohio in 20, 2008 in 2012, but only by 
two to three points. Right. Trump winning by eight points in Ohio shows a significant shift. I don't know if Biden has the the ability to overcome. I mean, I don't see the state being able to swing eight point, like more than eight points. The other way. The other way in one election. So I would, I would tend to, even though the polls are showing a 50 50s toss up, I would, I still just seeing trends. I would still give Ohio to Trump. Mm-hmm. Okay, so say that um, Trump wins in Ohio, and then he still has a marginal lead in Iowa. Say he pulls those those two elect those two states, and then there's there's a about a Biden is starting to pull ahead significantly in in uh, at least in a, in a in a statistical way in North Carolina, mm-hmm. um, Florida. Trump uh, Biden seems to be increasing his lead. Um, Trump is now focusing most of his now focusing most of his money on defensive st- like trying to maintain lines mm. in Texas and Georgia instead of attacking Biden which I think if you're following that money there that's a good indication that Biden's going to win if you're trying to you're now flooding money into Texas which is normally a Republican stronghold that you don't even need to spend a dollar in because you can pretty much count on it right now you're trying to defend that you're not you can't attack Biden yeah I think that's that's a pretty good indication as well. On the on the so continuing with my like kind of my electoral college map, Nevada in Arizona, Arizona generally skews about four points in favor of Republicans just mm-hmm. historically. But Biden is now polling six to seven points ahead of Trump in in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were to say, okay, well maybe that's a statistical error, maybe it's actually within the margin of error, maybe it's actually only two to three points and it's within the margin of error, and you take a state that generally skews four points Republican, give that four points back to Trump, you can maybe see Trump winning a, a, um, a narrow margin of victory in Arizona. Mm-hmm. But if you were to look at look into that state closer, you've got a you have a um, you have a, a state that has always had two Republican senators. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't, that fl- in 20, in 2018, one of those states went blue. One of those seats went blue mm-hmm. significantly. Mm-hmm. The, the other, the other seat that wasn't up for reelection had a special, had a, um, filled that seat with Martha McSally, who was incredibly unpopular, full in line with Trump, mm-hmm. um, a very tr- pro Trump person that filled McCain's seat when McCain passed away. Mm-hmm. That seat's now up for re-election, and she's down to almost double digits to her wow. Democratic challenger. So you'd have to imagine if if not only is, if if that's truly, you can, if, if you're saying that that is a solid red state by plus four in a Democratic Senate race, and mm-hmm. a, a Senate race is going so heavy to the Democrats mm-hmm. to the point where you're going to have now two Democratic senators. Wow. Can you really rely on that being a plus four? Or like, yeah. even though it's historically plus four yeah. Republican, can you then revolt? Can you then rely on Arizona? Um, that's nine electoral points. That's big. Um, 538 only gives Trump a 7% chance of winning the election if he loses Arizona. Mm-hmm. So he now is only at 13% chance. That drops a 7% chance if he loses Arizona. Just looking at Arizona specifically, right. that seems to really favor Biden. Nevada, on the other hand, too, that's nine electoral points. Well, no, that's seven electoral points for uh, for Nevada. Biden's doing well there. That's historically a swing state, one that Clinton did win um, by a narrow margin. But I would... I would I think most people would, I think right now, just looking at most of what's going on in Nevada, Biden's leading by nine points in that poll, mm-hmm. it, leading by an average of nine points in, in, in Nevada. I think you could see, um, so if you were to just give Trump the coin flips, which at this point would be give me the fact that Georgia and Texas are coin flips, just but still give him those. Right. You give him Iowa and you give him Ohio. Biden still wins um 300 and 
It's like 316 to 187. Mm-hmm. That's a massive margin of victory in the electoral yeah, college. Yeah. So, I'm, but it's it's you can't trust the results. I can't. I can't. I just feel like I can't. <laughs> Not I you. I meant why. like the results of the election. Oh yeah. Even if it's that overwhelming, there's going to be like people are just like I won't trust a Biden win, which is insane to me. It's insane, dude. And this this constant. That's where I wanted to get into a little bit. Is this constant like um. Uh, uh, voter fraud, right? This is still just being pushed, and there's all these examples of voter fraud. And so, in California, was it in California the GOP is setting up drop boxes that are illegal? Mm-hmm. You, they're not like they're not sanctioned state sanctioned drop boxes. Drop yeah. boxes, and the people are voting and dropping. Like, I don't understand. So, if they're not state sanctioned, are they collecting the ballots and then turning them in? Supposedly, yeah. Which is why people are saying, like, people who voted early in California, go to your ballot tracker for California and make sure that your ballot's getting delivered. Wow. And then in Texas, you have the governor now only allowing one ballot drop point. For absentee ballots. For absentee ballots. Which, as Trump said, absentee ballots are okay. They are okay. Mail-in voting, though, is bad, even though they're the same thing <laughs> there's only one drop box in every county could you imagine multnomah one. county having one ballot drop off could you imagine the traffic nightmare every day between now and the election you'd have thousands of people every single day trying to drop off a ballot drop probably trying to drop off a ballot yeah and you're talking about areas like dallas fort worth mm-hmm. houston these are these are top 10 markets nationally yeah in terms of population, TV, those are top 10 TV markets, which means that they have massive populations. So in a place like that, if the Democrats were like, you know what, fine, we're going to set up our own drop boxes, just like they're doing, the GOP is doing in the state of California, people would be losing their minds at the illegitimacy and, and, and technically the illegality of it. Mm-hmm. They would freak out. Yeah. But in California, it's okay. In the in the the Democratic Party of California tried to um, get a cease and desist order, and basically the the Republican Party of California said they're going to ignore it. Yeah. Until like an, an actual legal like until they are forced by force to sh- to to remove those, they're going to leave them up. And they they purposefully made them look like legit state drop boxes. Yeah. What is the point? Is the point to collect? Republican boxes or to to take Democratic votes and toss them. I don't know. Like I, and I would, Trump is tweeting like, "Keep going, keep doing this." I, I guess if you were to if you were to try to say like it's not nefarious, is that they don't believe they don't trust the state of California to deliver Republican ballots. Right. So the Republican ballots, I mean, most of the, from what I read is that most of these ballot drop boxes are in pro Trump neighborhoods at pro Trump businesses at a lot of like gun stores, okay. stuff like that, where most of the, I probably like 99%. I mean, the argument is, is that the majority of like the vast majority of the ballots that are going to be turned into these drop boxes mm-hmm. are going to be Republican ballots. Okay. Anyway, um, and then, uh, but still, that's illegal. 
Yeah. The 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 state the state ele- like the state and federal election commissions are the in the U.S. Postal Service are the only ones allowed to really be the ones to deliver these ballots. Yeah. Like that's just it's not okay to have this like pri- you're not you can't privatize the fucking election. <laughs> I know that's the Republican wet dream to pri- privatize everything, but yeah. y- you can't. At some point, there there are some things that the government has to administer. Yeah. And that's constitutionally, it says the government administers the election. The state government election uh, administers the elections. Great point. That's, that's in the fucking point. Constitution. Yeah. No, but they are they care about the Constitution. Only they care about the Second Amendment. Get that right. Yeah. It's the only the Second Amendment. The, the Constitution begins and ends with the Second Amendment. Yeah. If you're if you're pro second if you're pro two A you're pro constitution in their minds like yeah. that's all that matters. That's insane. It's all that matters. Jeff. That's like all the conversations I get into with people like at the at the gun counter or um, people that I know, mm-hmm. um, relatives, family members, yeah. whatever. It's it's two A and nothing else. Nothing else. Because they don't. Be, not to disparage them, mm-hmm. but they don't. They just don't. They don't know the rest of the constitution. Right. Right. The only thing that they have like. The only thing, the only thing that the Constitution that directly affects their lives is the Second Amendment. Right. So that may, I mean, it makes sense that they're going to overvalue that and overweight that. Right. And it's, and there's this also, there's this like, um, I don't know, Clint Eastwood kind of good, bad, and the ugly kind of like, I don't know, Old West style that if, as long as I've got my guns, I can protect the rest of my rights. Right. Which is just ignorant at best and... But it's it's just I don't know it's just individualistic ethos that yeah. exists amongst a lot of the Republican Party base is mm-hmm. that just give me my guns and get, leave me to my own devices and I'll do what's best for myself, which is fine. But you have to live in a society of the with the rest of us, right? right. And your actions affect the rest of us. Yeah. So that's where government comes into play. Well, so take that voting incident uh, case or or point. Uh, in consideration right here where you're talking about how they're taking it upon themselves their 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 actions are illegal they're unconstitutional right mm-hmm. and i've done this with in in conversations with certain trump supporters and like let's use this as an example i bring that up to a trump supporter i'm like yo th- these actions are unconstitutional you cannot do this and they're like well you know what we have to do it because the democrats are so corrupt that we need to do it because it's the only way. Then the Constitution sucks. Then, well, so that's their that's their argument, right? It needs to be done. And then, so I always come back with, okay, well, you know what else needs to be done? Because a, a, a large group of people also think so. We need to take your guns away. And instantly, mm, that's, it's, a good, it's, that's a great turn. It's that's defended. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! How can you defend constitutionally your two A rights? But completely ignore the fact that it says that it, the voting is up to the states and administered by the states. What mm-hmm. are you talking about? Yeah. Do you believe in the Constitution or not? Yeah. You can't just bend the rules mm-hmm. because you think that they're unfair against you. Yeah. If once, if you, if you're, if I mean, if the Constitution is as infallible of a document as mm-hmm. as as they say it is, that it should be able to, you should be able to then abide by its its founding principles and principles enshrined in its writing and enshrined in the words of that mm-hmm. document it should be able to overcome if, if you were follow those principles right in in, in those governing your behavior in your decision making in politics right 
it should be able it, you should be able to follow those to overcome the corruption the supposed corruption from the other side right the fact that you have to bend the rules to protect that constitution shows that that constitution is is you know that that constitution is to is is actually weak right right which is why me as an institutionalist and a constitutionalist you know i i don't believe in in i don't believe strictly in um in strict constructionism Mm mm-hmm because the, the Article Five allows for change to happen, it, right. it allows the government to change. Like that's codif- the, the the this concept of change is is codified in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So this whole like we have to interpret original dissent and start decisis, and um, which is why like I think Amy Connie Barrett, Amy Amy Connie Barrett is a, an atrocious pick for for a justice. But the I, I don't know. I just. I just I can't stand this the the as you're pointing out this mm-hmm. hypocrisy of constitutionality yeah. uh, that you that you constantly see amongst Trump supporters yeah it's like if you're a con, if you're a conservative constitutionalist you got to be that not you got to be that full stop man yeah well yes I agree but it, it's interesting that we we talk about these checking the boxes to be a part of the team right mm-hmm. and. Uh, so when it comes to the Constitution, is it that way all the way, right? So if you if that's how you view the Constitution, are you required then to be to view it that way always? If you're gonna be if you're gonna maintain strict constructionist logic, right, for the two for the Second Amendment, mm-hmm. that Great there point. should be no government regulation of any kind mm-hmm. of of any kind on this on on gun ownership, mm-hmm. then. How can you then selectively apply strict construct? You can't selectively support, right. you can't selectively apply strict constructionism as an ideology. If that's you're going to have this rigid, hard boundary, like purist ideology when it comes to one part of the Constitution. Mm-hmm. To be fair, to be non hypocritical, you've got to yeah. you've got to spread that out for the entire document. Yeah, it ain't that big of a document, right? Well, there's only two amendments, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen bumper stickers that say like the second protects the rest, and I'm like, man, wow. I'm like, dude, man, like, I would so. That's so interesting. Here's the thing, like, so the break that down. Yeah, I will. I would rather take um, healthy institutions, safeguarding, mm-hmm. making sure that work safeguarding freedom of speech, freedom to assemble, freedom of religion, mm-hmm. freedom of the press. Mm-hmm. I will take those in combination to protect my rights long term. Free mm-hmm. institutions, making sure that we're holding our, our elected officials accountable more than um, I don't know Bubba with his discount AR to Drop be able the mind. to be able to. I don't know, get everybody together in a collective act and through collective action to then overthrow the government. Right. Because Thomas, Thomas Jefferson once said that, uh, the, um, what is it? The, the tree of Liberty must be refreshed with the blood of Patriots from time to time. Something like that's not the exact quote, but right. it's just like, you, you just think that you're going to be able to, to this asymmetry of arms, get all of these people together <laughs> and then go overthrow that mother effing government. Yeah. I will. I will. Sorry. I will rely. I will rely on the the Bill of Rights in its totality. Mm-hmm. In maintaining my civic duty of voting and being an informed citizen, right? It's funny to me that people will allow their their rights to be trampled and completely ignore all these other institutional the guardrails of our democracy to be completely trampled, broken down, norms destroyed, the things that really truly uphold our rights and our way of life because 
they just think as long as I have the Second Amendment, I won't. I don't need to worry about anything else. Right. I th- I feel like those are the inst- institutional safeguards are a much better indication of a healthy democracy in 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 a in a uh, in bastions and guardians of my freedom mm-hmm. than some crackpot <laughs> rose tinted glass version of the of the Second Amendment. Right. I was also just thinking. Um, crap. I forgot. I drew a, I said rose tinted glasses. I started thinking something else. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> um, God, what was it? Uh, we'll have to come back to it. Okay. Um, it was, it had to do with the hypocrisy of like, of, um, different, I don't know. Move on. Okay. Move on. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, um, I'm stuck because now I, I want to figure out what the hell no, I was okay. saying. Do you want to you pause? <laughs> yeah, hold okay. on. All right. I kind of remembered what it was, but I don't have an example. And the example was the point that I was trying to make. But now I can't remember the example. <laughs> but it was something along the lines of like a, a hypocrisy that I had noticed in, in, in institutions. Like we're talking in the same sense of like the Constitution and um, and choosing and picking how to interpret different things. But the idea was that with certain cons- uh, institutions, like if – you know, the, the the Trump supporters can use and abuse a certain institution in favor for their agenda. But the second that Democrats start doing it, then it's they're against that institution. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't remember what my example was, but th- I know that's something I've seen also. Well, an example for me is like the debt and deficit. Right. And okay. in spending okay. is that if throughout the entire Obama era mm-hmm. you, you you heard republicans rail against all of this mm-hmm. debt that we're accumulating mm-hmm. and all the bailouts and all of these things that were just racking up the debt and deficit spending trump is trump i mean take out the the um covid stimulus right trump still added trillions of dollars to our deficit yeah it's not like he just reined in spending <laughs> his his tax cuts to the rich increased our deficit right. significantly and then increase military spending. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it, it's um, I, I that I don't I don't think that was I, I doubt it was that was your no, example, but wasn't. I mean that was something that came to came right, to mind is right. that they're they're fine increasing the debt and deficit and in um and spending and using money to benefit um their pet causes, but as soon as the other side is using you know deficit spending to mm-hmm. to fund different things. Then it then it's you know it then it's it's unconstitutional. We're we're um, we're hamstringing the next generation. All of these they they use all of right. these key words and and try to vilify. I mean that's just politics is that's politics is normal. But um, you know Trump is Trump is supposed to not be the normal politician, right? He was supposed to come in and drain the swamp. Yet mm-hmm. he acts awfully swampy. Yeah, it's it's just it's gross. It heard, is gross. I just heard him. It, I just heard him say um, yesterday, yesterday at his rally. He's like he's like oh, suburban women. Will you like me? And that's what he says. He like throws his hands up. Will you like me? And then all of the this, the the women they have uh, wearing MAGA masks behind him, um, which is really uh, they have black masks with white lettering, mm-hmm. which I'm gonna guess is purposeful because I've never seen that color combination mm-hmm. with MAGA. Is that it? The black because Black Lives Matter is black and white, right? right? Black on with white black background with white lettering it says maga crossed so everybody's behind him all the women that were strategically placed all erupt like oh we're going to support you and he's like i saved your neighborhoods wow i saved your neighborhoods <laughs> just 
Yes, Trump. Sorry, I forgot that you and your big stick went and protected our neighborhoods from all of the all of the uh, people of color that were going to come and bust down your doors and steal your TVs. Just that in context on the same day that you have Lindsey Graham say the good old days of segregation. Yeah. Just a terrible look, the man. The good old days. I mean, he said it. He he said he said it sarcastically, yes. which in context you could see how he, you could see how he meant it. Right. But coming from Lindsey Graham, dude, you can't say that. Well, I mean, it's just like Trump said sarcastically, injecting bleach into your body. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I. I mean, sarcasm is the new defense, I guess, for everything that you're saying. Do you think? Do you think there's going to be another debate? I was going to talk to you about that. <clears throat> how do you feel about? I'll I answer your question in a second, but I want to know about how you feel about them doing the town hall at the same exact time. No, I don't think there's going to be another debate. Um, and I love, I kind of love it because I've been pushing this narrative of uh, of Trump being scared to face Biden again mm-hmm. because it didn't. I don't think it went well for him, and and he knows it didn't go well for him. And it's it's hilarious to me because everyone said Biden's going to find and, and this is another thing that pisses me off about about the whole Trump supporters is like there. And, and you'll see you see with the the investigation that was just like, oh, we didn't find anything. Move on. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't find anything. Move on. It happens all the time. But they ramp up this narrative and then nothing comes of it like the you know, the the uh, the caravan coming to mm-hmm. our borders and then. It's it's been it's literally inserted in the American minds, and then they stop talking about it. And everyone stops talking about it, but it's already done damage, right? Mm-hmm. So in the same sense, everyone's like, Biden's gonna back out. Biden's gonna back out. Biden's gonna back out. He's gonna find a way to back out because he's not all there cognitively. Well, he doesn't back out. He shows up. He handles himself. He addresses the American people specifically, and does well. Proves to everybody that he's cognitively aware and can handle himself and everyone's like oh shit so then trump is now uh, gets covid which is now a conspiracy um and it's like he he refuses to now debate him so okay time out you said it was all biden refusing and now trump is is finding any way to to combat the new rules that they want to implement because you can't follow the rules of, of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So who's really scared here? <clears throat> and that's another thing I've been saying about Trump is he's operating on fear. And I've said that to you multiple times is you can tell by the words he's saying, by his actions in his campaign, he is, he is, he's deciding on fear. He's being guided by fear and you can see it. So what does that say? Um, this desperate attempt, I don't even know the context or, or, or whatever Giuliani released. It seems desperate and, and fearful to mm-hmm. me. That's a good point. It is, it is, it is desperation and nothing will come of it. Yeah. The, the Senate and the Senate intelligence committee had access to everything. Yeah. All of these emails that are being released, all of the stuff with Hunter Biden, this, the, between the state department, the FBI, the intelligence community have all, have all looked at this. Yeah. Our agent, our 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 civil our civil service agencies have looked at this. Uh, a bipartisan Senate mm-hmm. committee has looked at this. There's nothing there. Yeah, Hunter Biden is not on the ticket. Yeah, neither is Hillary Clinton. Guys, by the way, it's it's Joseph Biden. 
yeah, senior, right? And Kamala Harris, I got the name right. Yeah, I think did I? I? Uh, I think it's Kamala. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, yeah, it's them. Yeah, they're on the ticket. Yeah, not Hillary Clinton, nope. not Hunter Biden. It's. But to me, attacking those two people is desperate and fearful. Well, it is because you can't, they haven't been able to stick anything to Biden or Harris. Sleepy Joe. Great. Good one. Yeah. Not working. No. And then they couldn't, they fumbled the the attempts at trying to pin um, uh, Kamala as Kamala Harris as either a uh, left wing, like socialist hack or a moderate, like law and order, yeah. like cracking down on African-Americans. Which one is it? Like, what? what is she? Right. <laughs> and they couldn't they couldn't. They fumbled it. They couldn't get it. They never got it off. They right. could never get it off their feet. And by the time they could try to even by the time they could even mount any sort of uh, attack on her, the narrative had shifted. And the, the media had shifted off of off of her nomination. And, the, and at that point, any chance of sticking anything significant to her was gone. Right. Um, Dude, he's a, he's just he's a lazy president. He ultimately a lot of this shit that has come home to roost is because he's lazy. Yeah, he's a lazy president. The reports coming out of the border walls that it's already falling apart. They didn't yeah. finish it. Dude, that's his one staple, the one thing that he did, and he, he had wrote to do that hard. and he had to do that extra. He had to use extra constitutional means, reappropriating funds to even get that done, and he still didn't do it. Yeah, and he yeah. still didn't do it. Nope. And it's you know why it failed is because he gave all of his buddies the construction contracts. Mm. These are grifters. Yeah. I mean, he surrounds himself with shitty people. And are we really going to um say hold Biden's feet to the fire over supposed um contacts with foreign governments mm-hmm. when he was the head of the Obama foreign policy, like he was the face of Obama's foreign policy? When Rudy Giuliani has is literally under indictment for his connections to Russian mobsters and oligarchs, <laughs> the guy that's supposedly uncovering these bombshell allegations against Biden, right? You have a president who was impeached for soliciting a former government, but we're but we're focused on Biden's corruption, yeah. supposed corruption through his through some loose connection to his son and Burisma. But then they have to tell the central to that is built on a on a verifiable lie that a, about the the prosecutor in I don't know why I have to keep saying this, mm-hmm. but even the New York this is how I know the New York Post article about Hunter Biden's laptop is complete bullshit, mm-hmm. regardless of anything else, is that starting the first paragraph, they mention that I mean I think it's the first paragraph. It's near the top, mm-hmm. is that they they specifically state um Biden put pressure on the Ukrainian government to fire the um, the, prosec- the the attorney general who who was in who was investigating Burisma, who was who Hunter was on the board of. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. Yeah, he wasn't investigating Biden. That has been verified by intelligence agencies across the board, not mm-hmm. even U.S. intelligence agencies. That has in the Senate has confirmed that. Everybody has confirmed that, but yet it's a lie perpetuated by Trump and his media circle. Mm-hmm. Like everything else that followed after they perpetuated that lie in that article, I'm not going to believe. Why would I believe anything? Right. That's a great point. And at the end of the day, was there anything that, that Trump could make up? Ask yourself this. Is there anything that Trump could make up about his political opponents at this point that is anything worse than what he's already done? No. No. Dude, he's been impeached. 
He's been impeached. <laughs> he's lied on his taxes. Yeah. Yeah. He solicited foreign governments yep. to help his own political reelection chances. Yeah. That's one thing I, I bring up is like, you know, you, the taxes and, and like I like I appreciate how you're you're following the money as far as funding for the campaign. Right. Money talks, dude. And. So you're looking at his taxes and you're looking, you know, and, 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 and here's another element of money. Like there's so much like history and evidence of him like just manipulating and screwing over contractors Mm -hmm. to for all of his constructions and all of his buildings and just doing whatever he can to maximize his benefits and screw and stomp out the little guy and i have trump supporters arguing me with me that that that's just how that 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 um uh not that field but that uh that's just how that Mm -hmm. What is the fucking freaking word I'm looking for? Sphere? Sphere, world. sure, world. That's just how that world works. Like you mm-hmm. just you try to get the benefit if the if you're a better businessman than the guy you're stomping out, sorry, you're screwed. Like what? So if that's the mentality that this this CEO has for his businesses, what in your right mind makes you think that he gives a fuck about the little guy, the American person? And this is aside from Joe Biden, how how you might feel. Oh, don't what about me about Joe Biden? And what about Joe Biden? Does he care about the little guy? I'm not talking about Joe Biden right now. I'm talking about the current sitting president who everyone argues he's the he's the voice of the American people. He cares about the American people. He's a billionaire. It, it's fucking weird, dude. Mm-hmm. It's weird that they're tying these this this celebrity, this this quote billionaire, his success to their own success. It's not working. No. And, no, it's not working. At and all. he's he's screwing over literal small businesses. Mm-hmm. And you think he cares about small businesses? Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. And you think farmers are doing far worse yeah. under Obama, under Trump than they have ever than they've done in recent decades. Yeah. And getting back to that article I talked to you about the BBC about that county and County in uh, Indiana yeah. that always like predict like they say predicts the election because the way they vote. Right. Um, one of the the farmer that was like the the key like interviewee of this BBC article said that Trump is um, Trump is uh, looking out for the farmer and our relationship with like our relationship with China in terms of how trade works is far better than it's ever been. And he's a soybean farmer. Mm-hmm. Soybean farmers took the biggest hit over yeah. the trade deal over the over. Um, over uh, uh, over the trade tariffs because mm-hmm. China targeted used targeted tariffs against the soybean industry in the United States, knowing that that was that would hit um, Trump's base the hardest. Right. So this is one of the farmers who's been hit hardest by his relationship with China, but by, by Trump's bilateral trade war with China, mm-hmm. saying that he's doing a good job. I don't get it. I dude. don't. The only thing that makes sense is that this is a this isn't about economics. This mm-hmm. isn't even though they use the veneer of oh, he's good for the economy, which right. Goldman Sachs executives came out last week and said that bi- actually Biden would be better for the recovery than Trump. Wow. Goldman Sachs, the actual market, the <laughs> like one of the biggest players in the American stock market, literally came out and said Biden would be better for the economy. Wow. Completely undercutting the narrative that Trump would be better. Yeah. Um. Is is better for the economy. Yeah. It's, Number two, the um, uh, what was I going to? 
I know I I now I can't remember what Tariff, I was going to say. Soybeans. Uh, any, okay, it, that it's about something. It's yes. about something else. Yeah. It's about it's a culture war. It is. They love Trump because of he hates the people that they don't like. Right. And he will use the institutions and the tools of government to punish those that they don't like. Right. The LGBTQ community, immigrants, minorities, mm-hmm. women, women. <laughs> I would keep saying that Repu- uh, Republicans hate women. I say that to Republicans, they get all worked up. <laughs> I got some fair arguments that they do. Um, yeah, it's got to, it's, it, I think you're right. I think you're 100% right. It's not about, because they're, like we've said, they're voting against their own self interest. Mm-hmm. So what, if they know, if they're being hit the hardest, then what is it? They're voting against their stated self interests, which alludes that their actual self interests. Oh, okay. Gotcha. We, from in political science, you assume that all actors are rational. So right. even though their stated self-interest, their what their actions are are going against their stated self-interest, which which then gives us a key look into what their actual into guessing what their assuming what their actual self-interests are, and that is that it's it's this um trying to this per, this preservation of American culture, which is a white hierarchy, right? A white male hierarchy, right? One thing I wanted to say real quick is he's been he tweeted the other day. Illinois has no place to go. Sad, isn't it? Vote Trump. New York has gone to hell. Vote Trump. California is going to hell. Vote Trump. And then someone reposted and said, "This country going to hell is a unique re-election message." Right. <laughs> right. Like who runs on? Uh, I saw that the guy that goes around to all that guy that works for Trevor Noah that goes around to all of Trump. Love him. He was on the. Love did you him. see his boat episode in New Jersey? No. The other day. Uh. Uh-uh. So apparently there's these boat Trump rallies yes, out on the Atlantic and yeah. in, in in off the Jersey Shore, and uh, they had all the as much as Trump has tried to keep the get the keg thing going, keep America great. Yeah. MAGA still is like his campaign slogan, right. and he was just like, "Make America great again" is a weird slogan for an incumbent it is <laughs> it it is right it's weird. Like, and that's exactly what his tweets are this country's going to hell wait what you're the you've been the president for four years dude mm-hmm. and don't tell me he's been inhibited by the investigation how many fucking hearings did he go to zero <laughs> you know why shit hasn't gotten done maybe because he's spending too much goddamn time on the golf course he's a lazy president he's that's that that is He's lazy. He's lazy. All right, let's end on one thing. All right. L.A. Lakers won the championship. They did. Daryl Morey just... uh, Got booted from Houston. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Portland should file Neil O'Shea and hire Daryl Morey. What? I'm kidding. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm kidding. You scared me. No, there's no way. Uh, although I think Neil needs to make some serious moves this this off season, yeah. But uh, no. How do you feel it, about Lakers winning it? It. Um, I think you. For me, that my biggest takeaway is that you realize how good LeBron James really is. Okay. I mean, he is damn good. He is damn good. I mean, they and you realize just. It's the, the the narrative was like, oh, if we were healthy, if Portland was healthy, we maybe we could have like given him a run. Dude, Rodney Hood was not the difference <laughs> in that series. Yeah. That team is long, they're athletic, and they have they have the best player on the planet. Yeah. He doesn't lose. Yeah, he doesn't he lose doesn't. in the playoffs. 
unless he's significantly outmatched by the like the Warriors. It took the war. It took that Warriors team to beat him. In, in oh the yeah, 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 yeah. He and, just he dismantled how many different teams in the playoffs this year? They made the Houston the Houston offense look like trash. That's beautiful. I love that. Mm-hmm. I hate the Lakers, but I hate Houston. Yeah. Um, Houston has all the confidence of a team that doesn't deserve it. Right. That's a great. That's so good. That's perfect. Um. I keep saying that the championship doesn't count. And, you know, I'm saying it to Laker friends. And they're like, why doesn't the championship count? I said, well, did Portland win it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How do you feel about it? I think I think it counts. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a, aside from the Lakers winning, I hate the Lakers. Screw the Lakers. Uh, I like LeBron, but screw LeBron. I like LeBron as a player. But screw him for joining Lakers. What a pussy. Um but what a beautiful example and just what an interesting way to navigate through a pandemic that the NBA did. Mm-hmm. So good. So awesome. Yeah. A lot of sacrifices those players had to take. You know, people say people say there's going to be an asterisk next to to this because it was in a it was in a pandemic and they, you know, it was it was kind of compressed and they were kind of whatever. But the asterisk that my buddy brought up, but I think is more important is these the mental asterisks of being separated from their families and mm-hmm. being confined to a, a certain place in Florida and then having to navigate through that. That's, that's pretty hard, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, no fans. Right. And no home court advantage, no home court advantage, just, just ball. Right. Mm-hmm. But people were saying there's less passion. There's less, um, fight, I guess. And it was more of like a pickup basketball, but honestly, dude, I have not watched one game since Portland's been out. Have you? No. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> um, and one more basketball thing I wanted to bring up before we get out of here is, have you heard about the whistleblower podcast? Mm-mm. Haven't listened to it yet, but I was told about it yesterday. Whistleblower podcast suggests NBA betting scandal was more widespread than originally reported. Um, and what is his name? Tim. Uh, Tim Donaghy. Yeah. What? No, no, no. So they're talking about him throughout the whole thing. I'm trying to remember who, who, Tim Livingston is a sports journalist who did this 10-hour podcast deep dive into the NBA betting scandal scandal involving Donaghy, aptly named the whistleblower, has been chasing the story for a better uh, part of a decade. And he's got, like, I think I think uh, my boss told me about this. He's like, you got to listen to this. But I think episode one is Rasheed Wallace hmm. talking about just constantly being targeted by the refs and then, like, I guess... Uh, he was talking shit or like Donnie, he gave him a technical for throwing the ball at him, but he didn't throw the ball at him. And then she tried to argue it and then got another team booted from the game. And then Donnie attacked him on the loading dock when they were all leaving and there was an altercation. And then the NBA, I guess this is just what my boss told me, Rashid says on the podcast, but essentially that she was like, yeah, he came at me and we fucking got into it. And then the league suspended Sheed for like seven games. Wow. So it's just like this whole deep dive into whether or not, you know, the games were fixed and, and blown on purpose. Hmm. So it could be something cool to check out. Well, I've maintained for a long time that the NBA has a corrupt underbelly. Yeah. Why I, do we watch it? I don't know. Because Portland's never going to win, dude. No. The only thing we have going for us is Dame is loved. He's loved. League wide by his peers and by fans. He mm-hmm. does well in China. So a Portland winning, if they could mellow now joining, 
if you could build we're a small market team but if you could build up some like like the warriors dude mm-hmm. the warriors are a small market team but steph became lovable and they got clay and it just and then eventually kd went there who cares but you know what i mean like they the, were big before kd got there that's though. what i'm saying yeah. though but the small market team had likable characters on their team and that helped them mm-hmm. so the league didn't prevent them from winning because they they're going to do well for the league monetarily mm-hmm. i think dame is kind of a staple in portland's you could you could see yeah. how that might mirror Golden State's mm-hmm. kind of damn dude. Well, the M- the NBA um, doesn't necessarily have to do anything actively to fix the fix it. Uh, they just can do nothing, and it still and acts as in, in, there's institutional barriers to keep small market clubs from being com- like really vying for championships. Mm-hmm. And that is a seven a a a three round seven game series. In the in the for the conference playoffs, oh, there there is no way that in the NBA when mm-hmm. it's all about Jim's and Joes, like mm-hmm. it's it's the stars. Right, the NBA is about the stars, and it's about who your best three players are on the floor. Right, and that you're going to be able to beat a LeBron James team mm-hmm. in a seven game series. Yeah, you're just not going to do it. Yeah, that's a and good point. They, it funnels the best teams consistent. That's why you only. That's why the Lakers have won how many championships? Right. The Celtics have won how many championships? Outside of outside of um, small like the small Spurs run, and outside right. of like this little blip with the Warriors. Got to mention the Detroit Pistons for CJ. One, one, yeah, that's right. The Detroit Pistons <laughs> got the, got their one. Like that was like, but outside of like you know you've got Kobe's Lakers, and then you had no um, Pistons have two. Well, they. The Pistons have three total, oh. but the Bad Boys era. No, I'm talking two. CJ loves the, was it 2000s oh, Pistons run? They only got one. I know, but yeah. that's the one he, he loves. Okay. He always mentions it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was a good run. They yeah. beat Kobe and Shaq. Yeah. No, they didn't. Shaq wasn't on that team. They did beat Kobe, though. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, so the seven-game series. That was a good team, though. Rip Hamilton. Yeah. Um, they had Ben Gordon. Rashid Wallace. Ben Gordon. Ben Wallace? Ben Wallace. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Ben Wallace. Oh, yeah. That was a good team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and Chauncey Billups. Yes. And uh, Tayshawn Prince. Wow. That was a good squad. Hell, yeah. I love Chauncey Billups. Then he went to Denver, and I kind of hated him. Yeah. He's good, though. He's damn good. Mm-hmm. Didn't he just win something? He's a coach, I think. No, I think he's doing uh, commentary. Oh, is he? I think. Oh. I don't know. Who knows? Um... Anyways, hoops is gone. I don't know. We're talking about it because it's over, but yeah. we didn't even watch it. January, I think they I think they're going to come back first of the year. How do you think about? How do you feel about that? It's going to be weird. I think it's too soon. When do you think they come back? I mean, honestly, monetarily, they have to come back as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. I wish they would take until next October off a whole year. They will never do it. They would never no, they do can't. it. They can't they afford it. They need to do another They need to do another condensed season, mm-hmm. and then restart next October, and then re- get a full end it in June. Yeah, right. Like they normally would. Yeah, the finals would be in June, September. Do a short, do a short regular season from January, January to like to April. Yeah, and then do your playoffs like normal, and then restart again in October. You're gonna have so many injuries, dude. If this oh, and it can. If you shorten the regular season to like fifty games or I'm just saying games? like back to back after this, I just worry about injury honestly. Um, m- more specifically for the Trailblazers, like 
that's our thing, dude. <laughs> yeah, it is our thing. Um, but yeah, I think I, I. I mean, I don't want. Okay, if that's what you do when you condense the season, I want to condense playoffs, not seven games. Let's move it to five mm-hmm. and see what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would. I would be in total favor of reducing the uh, the number the this this the seven round series. Yeah. To five. Yeah. It drags on sometimes. You, especially in the first round. Yeah. When you're talking about like four or five games, like four or five games. Yeah. And then in the first round for most series, like nobody's paying attention to Milwaukee, no. Orlando. No. No. I don't think, I don't even think people in Orlando watch that. Now people watch the Blazers as an eight seed because we have a really rabid fan base. Right. That's true. But seven games. Yeah. Seven seven games is too many, and like I said, it funnel it continues to funnel the best the best teams to the finals. That's what they want. Mm-hmm. That's what the league wants. Yeah, it doesn't help us. No, and in in <laughs> baseball has seven game series, but their first round is five games. They're, right. They, okay. ALCS. They have a and they only have a two round conference champion two round conference playoff to get to the championship. Oh. Um, and there's a lot of talk to expanding the playoffs, but. Baseball, like hockey, who also has a seven-game series, mm-hmm. the seven-game series, is, they, it's so much because those are so much more. There's so many more variables than just the big stars, right? Like right. You can like you know you can write a hot, you can get hot and late and have a hot pitching staff, or you can write a hot goaltender. Mm-hmm. Like there's like in recent history, there has been wild card teams mm-hmm. in the MLB that have gone on to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. There has been an eight seed, the the um, the LA Kings were an eight seed and went on to win the Stanley Cup. Right. Like just because of the the makeup of the team in the game allows allows for underdogs to win. Right. You never see that in the NBA. Hell no. An, an eight seed has never beat on a one. No. Well, wasn't it different? What was the Miami seed? They were a five. Fifth? Yeah, yeah, but in the finals. It, but it took a bubble and a in a in a weird situation for that to even happen. Right, right. Yeah, I was thinking Myers Leonard's about to be a champion, dude. That was kind of the only reason why I wasn't rooting for Miami. I didn't <laughs> want to see Myers get one. <laughs> wow, dude, that's mean. <laughs> I really like Jimmy. It just actually made me really like Jimmy Butler. Really? Yeah. I don't like him. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. He, he was gritty, seems, man. Huh? He was gritty. I he, guess that's what I heard. <laughs> he let it. He let it all. I mean, yeah, that's what I heard too. Yeah, I did like that video of him walking off the podium, all limping and stuff. Like, he did go. He went hard, mm-hmm. dude. The only games they won are ones he had triple doubles in. Yeah, that's insane. Missing Goran Dragic really hurt them, but it's yeah. not like Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic doesn't make them win that series. No, but no. Goran Dragic. Did I ever talk about recording Alex saying that? Mm-mm. She she was she can't ever say Goran Dragic, and like I think I have a recording. If I can find it, I'll tag it on to the end of this episode. Okay, it's so adorable because she keeps saying it wrong, <laughs> and it, it's so funny. And Jen does it too. The two of them getting them in a room together trying to say Goran Dragic, it's, it's hilarious. Okay, I want to listen to that. All right, I'll try to find it. All right, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, say Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic. <laughs> no, say it again. Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic. <laughs> Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic. Say it again. Ask Jenny how to say it. How do you say it, Jenny? Uh, I say Goran Dragic. Dragic. I don't know. <laughs> Goran Dragic. Jorgen Dragic. <laughs>
Gordon Dragic. Gordon Dragic. Gordon Dragic. Gordon Dragic. There you go. Gordon Dragic. Gordon Dragic. Drog. No. Gordon Dragic. Gordon Dragic. I don't Dragic. It's a hard one. I can't see that.